You know what I miss? What? I miss it that I don't get to hear the theme song when we're recording. It plays in my head, if that helps. <laughs> it makes me so happy it's to hear it. It's a very happy theme song. It's such a cool song. And I kind of miss it. Yeah. When I, we come in here to record and we don't have our little theme music going. I hear a lot of it when it's we're editing. When I'm editing. I guess you do, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, no tiara time in this episode. Oh, that's true. I noticed that. There's a little bit at the end, but it was, wasn't worth it. It was... That was just a state dinner that may or may not have happened that way. So, hmm. so you ready to start the show? Yeah. Hello, Chris. Hello, Sharon. <laughs> you like that, don't you? I really do. <laughs> well, I like you, so that makes us even. Oh, baby. <laughs> I like you, too. You're fun to play crown cast It's with. true. Um, so let me start out by saying that, uh, sharp eyed listeners might realize that the name of my last crown cast episode, <laughs> I know what's is coming, actually the same name as one of the episodes of the crown. <laughs> so, oh, Chris, my no research policy has bit me in the booty. It has failed you once again. It has failed me. <laughs> So I'll try not to do that again in the Thank future. Thank you. But uh, today, we are here to discuss The Crown, Season 1, Episode 9. Assassins. Dun, dun, dun. I'm really curious as to who the assassins are. So who do you think that title refers to? Well, it's plural. It is? So I think it's talking about everyone. I think it's talking about Eden and his assassination of church of not literal assassination of churchill but his metaphorical attempted assassination of churchill i think it's sutherland's assassination of churchill via his painting i think it's porchies the assassination Assassination of the marriage the royal marriage yeah philip a little bit yeah interesting or the assassination of porchy by Elizabeth rejecting him as a suitor in favor of the man that she actually loves. Yeah. So that title really works on a, on a number of different levels. Yeah. Very heady. What, what do you call in this podcast episode? Oh, so, okay. I have a couple options. I, I figured I'd run them past you. <laughs> All right. Should we put up an online survey? No, yeah. there's no time for that. Yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Season one, episode nine of the crown cast. We could either call Philip gets drunk. We could call a lot of the episodes that. Sure. Or horse porn. Inga, may I present Frau Blucher? Probably only call one episode that. And you're probably not going to risk an actual episode of the crown being called horse porn. I did take that into consideration when coming up with that title. Thumbs up. I'm not going to say I like horse porn because someone could take that sound bite <laughs> run with it. <laughs> that, that could keep you from running for president. Oh, yeah. Lots of things will keep me from running for president. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I didn't have a better title for this episode. I honestly, I didn't like this episode for the first two thirds of it. Oh, that's a shame. Isn't it? I loved it. I loved it. 
It was right up there. It, it caught up with me at the end. Okay. It, it brought me back at the end. Okay. Well, as we're discussing this, when we get to the part where you started to come around, let me know. Sure. We'll, we'll talk. Until then, I can do all the talking. Well, all right. Whatever. I like to do that. Okay. Get yourself a crown to shine. Can be made of anything. Flowers from your best friend. Homemade links are heaven sent. Anything made with love on your head. It's Tiara time. Our episode opens with Porchy the horse breeder. I wrote down randos in London. <laughs> Proposing marriage to Jean Margaret Wallop. You've done research. A little. <laughs> A little. Just enough. She accepts on the condition that he no longer holds a torch. A torch for whom? For our darling Queen Elizabeth. For Kiwi too. Their families were close. And we established here at the very beginning that it would have been a perfect match. Sure. They talk. He talks about right. how it would have been a perfect match. But Liz loves Philip. She even says so. And she waits up for him. Pining, lonely, and vulnerable. Well, they don't even sleep together. Isn't she going to be lonely anyway? Yes. He comes strolling in after his carousing buddies drop him off. They were totally carousing. And he says, Elizabeth. And he says, little bit, but whispery. But whispery. Next scene, Winston paints. I looked up some of his paintings. He did some neat stuff. So. He had an impression period. I'm sorry. For what? For interrupting you. I had only said one word and then I paused. So you kind of snuck in there. I think that's fine. Okay. Leaving that in though. Next scene, Winston paints. You can say what you were going to say. Oh, I'm done saying what God I God damn say. it. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to see us fight. <laughs> Next scene. When... <laughs> Classic. Winston paints. He does. He does do paintings. He does do some paintings. He does drawing. I looked up some of his paintings. He did some neat stuff. Yeah. He had, he did some impressionistic stuff that I liked, but I have a tendency towards impressionism anyway. So I don't do I, impressions. I like paintings. I like art. Chris. Yeah, I know. I that get was it. funny. It's true. You're funny. <laughs> so skipping ahead a little bit because. Um, we're talking about paintings already. Okay. Because it's one of the things that we're going to talk about in this episode. I don't like skipping ahead. We can stay in the present. We're going to do it. The scene in the future, because we've skipped ahead, with uh, the painter guy, Sutherland, is that his mm -hmm. name? And then the Churchill, Churchill guy. They, Churchill. They did a great scene where after the two of them had met and did, I guess, the first sort of uh, sitting for his portrait, for Churchill's portrait. Uh-huh. They both go back to their respective studios and they each work on one of the other's paintings. Yeah. I'm curious if they did that in real life. I hope you did some research. I thought it was just sort of drama that mm -hmm. the show was adding, but I thought it was nice. That was a nice moment. It is nice. I'm pretty sure it's just drama. I kind of figured. There's no way for us to find that out. 
I, I felt like that's kind of one of the reasons I didn't like this episode because I felt like a lot of the drama and a lot of the conflict was just sort of plopped into the show, uh, divorced from reality. And it sort of felt that way. Well, it's a fictional drama. I mean, it's a Fair. docudrama. It's. I'm just saying that it sort of felt divorced from reality. Right. And when I feel that kind of stuff, like it takes me mm-hmm. out of the moment, it takes me out of suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. The, that sort of takes me out of the moment in the show. And I, I like it. I like it. Because it, it really adds to the characters. I mean, it does. I'm not trying to take anything away from the performances. John Lithgow got an Emmy for this performance Did he? for this episode. He, yes. he was well deserved. Yeah, it was really well deserved. When I when I notice things like this about a show, it sort of reveals the mechanics behind the show, reveals the right. the writing and the editing and the manufacture of it all, as opposed to existing within the moment and just living in the episode. Right. That's all I'm saying. I get that. So anyway, let's skip skip back to the beginning because we've just started. Next scene, Churchill paints. Okay, I think we've done that bit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, and then we get some sports ball. I mean, horses. Sports horse. Sports horse. That's another reason I was really not all that interested in this show. Yeah, that was the sports horse. The least interesting part to me. (laughs) Liz calls up Porchy with some racing advice. Porchy's name. Uh Uh-huh. IRL. Was Henry George Reginald Molyneux Herbert, 7th Earl of Carnarvon. I guess that's French. Sounds French. France. Where do they get all these names? From their parents? Who's got time to name their kids all these names? How do they fill out the paperwork? It's a, it's a scroll work, There's right? not enough spaces for all of that. He, as we said before, he was a lifetime friend of Queen Elizabeth's and was her racing manager until his death in 2001 when his son-in-law took over that position. The queen still has a racing manager? She did in 2002. She likes the ponies, I guess. She likes the horses. They make her good money. I guess. I don't think she has much. I think kind of like the president, she doesn't have like a crazy income from being queen. Is that a job? Do you get paid to be queen? Do they bill her for all the fancy food they make her? Well, guess who's going to find out? Is it you? Because it's not me. (laughs) I'm sure there's some kind of stipend involved. I mean, it's a job, right? Or is it? You get to, you already get to live in the palace. Is, is goddess a job? I mean, because touched by God, she's. We should ask Beyonce. Angels get, we should. And then we go back to actually the scene that you had mentioned earlier. Where Sutherland is taking some photos for Winston's right. painting while Winston huffed about. He was so harumphing. He, he was, was so harumphing. He was very harumphy. Sutherland did some neat stuff. He did some stuff that I really liked uh, right after World War II. Yeah. That was kind of dark and monochrome and desolate. One of the things I was thinking actually during the show and then earlier when I skipped forward to the present, to the future, which is now the present, but that was the past, was <laughs> that um, Sutherland was referencing a book of Churchill's painting. Right. I thought that was really cool that there's this book of the paintings of right. Winston Churchill. If he was producing 60 paintings a year. Yeah. 
he had plenty of material. Yeah. And, you know, he'd already written at least one autobiography. Sure. At that point. He wrote that autobiography when he was very young. Yeah. Kind of interesting to think about the the lives surrounding these people mm-hmm. because we're only getting little bitty glimpses of it yeah. in highly dramatic form right. from this show. And Wikipedia can fill us in on the real facts. Yeah. But watching the show is sort of like the seed, right? We get this tiny little bit right. of their lives and it's done really well. The performances are great. You know, the music is great. We love the, the feel of the show. I love the feel of the show mm-hmm. anyway. And then you get to sort of imagine all these other things. It's kind of why I like talking about it on the radio. Yeah. Cause we get to sort of build the rest of the world in our heads. Obviously a lot of it is the real world, but none of it's going to be as big and dramatic and interesting as the world of the show. Right. Um, I don't know. I just think it's fun sharing my opinion. It's totally fun. It's your podcast. You're allowed to share your opinion. Yeah, I know. Just try and stop me. (laughs) So as I said, he did some cool stuff after World War II. He did some glass design and some fabric design. He designed a really cool tapestry called Christ in Glory. It is said to be the largest one piece tapestry in the world. And while wow. it was being woven in France, he went over several times to visit the weavers and make sure that was going the way he wanted it to. Cool. He also painted a portrait of the Queen Mother. Oh, really? Yeah, which hung in her country home, which is pretty cool. Huh. It's kind of a weird, it's not weird. She's wearing this like feather hat that kind of makes her look a little, well, plumish. Plumage? And it's kind of. Beautiful plumage. It's kind of odd. Hmm. Then we're back to the horsies. Uh, I'm not sure if we've gotten to the part where the foreign secretary uh, is back from his surgery. That's, that's That was at the beginning. So we've skipped that. Well, I mean, he got back. I thought we skipped it. Okay. He's coming up next, though. That's one of the other, you know, plot lines that we're, we're watching through this episode is mm-hmm. the the foreign secretary vying for the position of prime minister. Mm -hmm. And the horse talk is boring sports and pets. Like I had no interest at all. (laughs) It was cute though. When Margaret came up to talk to Elizabeth and Margaret's like prancing on her horse, smoking a fag, being all regal and adorable and cocky all at the same time. She's a cutie. Her script just said, you get to be Prince Margaret this episode. (laughs) Just do your Margaret thing. (laughs) She does a great job of being Margaret. She does. Next season, we get a lot of Margaret. Yeah. So. Sure. That's super fun. And then Winston's painting some more. And then, yes, foreign secretary Eden approaches him and tries to get him to concede. He tries to get him to just, he's like, just quit already. He was like. You're I'm, dying. I'm asking you for the last Churchill's time. Churchill's like, you're dying. And Eden's like, you're dying. <laughs> you're a jerk. No, you're a jerk. I really thought Churchill was going to have another fucking stroke. Like, he, yeah, he seemed like he was close. There was a lot of harumphing. And therefore, I come to you in the name of the party and of the country for the very last time, Winston, to bid you to stand up. I will in good time. At the right time. The 
right time was nine years ago when you lost us the election. And I have since avenged that defeat by winning us the lost election. I won us that, Winston! I won that! Angry politics. You don't you don't expect to see such angry politics out of right proper British folk. Right. Maybe his near-death experience scared Eden a little bit. Sure. It's like, I need to get some shit done. I mean. And this guy's got a harumph out of my way. Eight episodes of high drama have gone into this So scene. I can do the shit. More portrait work. Sutherland sketches while Winston sits in harumphs. Oh, the grumbling. So much grumbling. He deserves an Emmy <laughs> just for the grumbling in that scene. So good. Well, then the next time they sit down, Sutherland's like, preferably in silence. In silence, yeah. Zip it. Which doesn't happen. Of course. Next, Liz is playing some solitaire. Who knew she had time for solitaire? Porchy rings her up to tell her she's made a bunch of monies on the ponies. Right. How to make a bunch more. Literally. Make a bunch more ponies. Make a bunch more money. Mm -hmm. Philip storms off to bed. Again. He goes to bed angry a lot. He stormed off to bed? Mm -hmm. He came in, and that's when he first started getting a little about Porchy. Was that the scene where he was dressed in a tux and she was putting on her face for, to go to sleep? Yes. Because I thought he was going out. Maybe he went out. Yeah, that would I, be more dramatic. I, I found that scene very interesting because she, if she was going to bed and he was going out, she's sitting there. It's hard know, to tell when they sleep in separate rooms. It is hard where to the tell. hell he's going. But she's sitting there in front of the mirror, putting her makeup, not makeup on. She's taking her makeup off and mm -hmm. putting her face cream on and all of her sleepy time ritual. And, you know, she's got her nightgown on and he's got a tux on. He's like, all right, well, I'm out. Going to go see Mike. Right. Have some beers. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Sutherland and Winston. This is where Sutherland and Winston are researching each other. Yes. And then the final sitting, supposedly in silence. Well, and this conversation that they end up having during yes. this session, this was the real heart of the episode. It was what it was building up to. And this, this is where I kind of turned around and started enjoying it. Good. Good. Sutherland really talks to Winston about his paintings and Sutherland sees a lot more yeah. in Winston's work than Winston himself sees. He's, Sutherland sees Winston's soul right. in his paintings. And Winston didn't think of paintings that way. It was just, it was, well, it was a study to him. Winston's paintings are technical to him. He's trying to capture this image. He did sort of make reference to what that, that first scene when he was painting, he was painting the pawn. He made reference to like, he almost got it, but it, it missed, you know, missed away. Right. And he was, he wasn't winning. And this comments about winning and losing is sort of mm -hmm. indicative of what you were saying. Like he's either got it or he doesn't. Right. Um, which of course art isn't really like that. Right. Um, which is why Sutherland is making money from art and Winston is not. Well, and it until was until he self publishes his art book on Amazon. This, this conversation that they had, you know, Churchill is talking about the, the piece that, that he worked on of Sutherland. Mm hmm. And he, he noted that there was darkness to it, malevolence, he said, you know, and then Sutherland told him what the story behind it was or, right. or what was going on in his life around that time. 
And then I tried to find information on that and I couldn't. Right. But then Sutherland did the same thing to Churchill mm-hmm. talking about his painting and he talked about the pond. Churchill was saying, you know, that, that he was trying to get it right, but the light was, was difficult. But then Sutherland told him all the different kinds of feelings that he saw in the painting. Mm-hmm. And that brought up all the feelings for Churchill. And then of course there was a nod to it at the end of the show. Right. In the, in the note, the, the title the epilogue stuff. Yeah. At the end of the epilogue. They so, never, he never stopped painting the pond. Right. But I do take comfort from the fact that your own work is so honest and revealing. Oh, I was thinking especially of the goldfish pond here at Chartmer. The pond? Why the pond? It's just a pond. It's very much more than that, as borne out by the fact that you've returned to it again and again more than 20 times. Well, yes, because it's such a tactical challenge. It eludes me. I think all our work is unintentionally revealing, and I found it especially so with your pond. Beneath the tranquility and the elegance and the light playing on the surface, I saw honesty and pain, terrible pain, terrible despair, hiding like a leviathan, like a sea monster. You saw all that? Yes, I did. So all that, yeah, that was very interesting. It was interesting. I've, 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 realized listening to editing these podcasts how often i use the word interesting yeah i don't think you've done it as much tonight yeah i'm trying not to (laughs) now that i've pointed it out right Mm -hmm. um i've got to come up with some other adjectives to use yeah it was it was the the feelings the yeah you were talking about how sutherland brought up to churchill that the depth of the pond yes revealed through the painting right and the thing that was interesting to me that prompted me to use the word interesting was that the the hook in this episode, mm-hmm. the thing that got me in this episode is 35 minutes into it, <laughs> 35 or 40 minutes, however long it was. Right. You know, normally that would happen in the first couple of minutes, but it didn't happen for me then. That was something that I, I noticed. Good. I'm glad we finally snagged you. And then it's Winston's birthday. Happy birthday. He says in his speech that he will not stand down, which is which was really funny. Odd. It was funny the way he put it too. I love the speeches that they write for John Lithgow <laughs> as Churchill. Yeah. Oh, I didn't look to see if he actually said that in his speech. I'm sure there's a record of the speech somewhere. Oh yeah, I'm, I I have no doubt. I imagine they're paraphrasing at least some of it. Right. The speeches that we have read of his have been really good. Oh yeah. They were in. Uh, Westminster Abbey, he had given a speech. All of the cabinet ministers are there. He reveals the painting and they all see it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And in that scene, there was even some sort of kerfuffle and harumphing right. and laughter. It is true, though, that in the speech, he called the painting a remarkable example of modern art. Yeah. That is not a compliment. Not from him, no. Coming from Churchill. As you can tell by the look on Sutherland's face. Um, I think it's kind of cool. I thought it was cool. I I like modern art more than Winston Churchill. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then he and Sutherland argue afterwards because it does portray him as old and tired. And this was a great argument. This was a great conversation. Yeah. I mean, listening to what Sutherland is saying, he's like, look. If you see frailty, it's because it's there. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing. It's because you're fucking 80 years old. Yeah. 
It's okay. It's okay. It it's okay to be 80 years it old. It doesn't mean you're weak or bad right. or wrong. It is not a reasonably truthful image of me. It is, sir. It is not. It is cruel. Age is cruel. And that is when Churchill realizes that he is tired. Yeah. And maybe he is done. It was cool. They took this painting, mm -hmm. the drama and the controversy around the painting mm -hmm. to bring us to the point that Churchill decides he's going to go ahead and step down. Yeah, it was really pretty. Because he's feeling all the pressure externally. Mm -hmm. He wasn't feeling internally the desire to do so. Right. To step down. Right. So then he sees this painting. He has this conversation with the artist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, immediately in the course of the show, obviously, decides that it's it's going to be his time. The art moved him. Exactly. Maybe not as he would have expected. Mm -hmm. But it totally did. He goes to the queen to resign. Eden will take over. <laughs> he will. Right now. He's, he's in the car <laughs> behind him. right there. <laughs> Liz's schedule for that day is like Churchill, 910. <laughs> Eden, 918. <laughs> I did really like the physical awkwardness between Churchill and Elizabeth when they were saying their goodbyes. She's like, I guess this is goodbye then. And it seemed like a really good hugging moment. But of course. But you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't touch the queen. But he kissed her forehead. And that was super sweet. But the way they portrayed that physical awkwardness, because we have all been in that space. Oh, where either yeah. someone is ready to hug us and we don't want that. Or we're ready to hug someone else and they don't want that. And even though you're close enough to hug each other, both physically and emotionally, it's often awkward for a split second. Can I just say publicly to the world, to the world of all 12 of our listeners, <laughs> that I think we may have 14 now. I am a hugger. You are a hugger. I am now and forever a hugger. You're a great hugger. I feel like a hug is the perfect expression of platonic love. Yeah, absolutely. And I will hug anyone and everyone anytime. Mm-hmm. As long as someone else initiates it. Oh. That's my problem. If I don't know you're a hugger and right. we are not on a hugging right. basis, right. then I have trouble initiating that. Mm -hmm. So please, if you're out there in the world, I'm, I'm available for <laughs> hugs. I'm just saying. When we talk about hugging, I always think about when me and you and Lisa went to Screech Owl Brewery and I, and. <laughs> People, if you live in Preston County, you probably kind of know where Screech Owl Brewery is. If you don't live in Preston County, I am telling you this amazing brew pub is in the backest of backwoods. It's in Cuzzert. Make sure you have four wheel or West all wheel Virginia. drive. <laughs> I've heard they've done some road repairs since we were there. Just saying, it, it helped me get out of that place. But as we were leaving, one of the, I think it's the owner's son who greeted us when we got there, who took our order and served us our beers. <laughs> who Lisa babysat. When who Lisa apparently babysat when he was a child once. As we were leaving, he was by the door. So Lisa gave him a big hug goodbye. I gave him a big hug goodbye. And then he and Chris look at each other. And they realize, and 
you realize that he's a hugger because he's already hugged me and Lisa. Right. And you just go in for the hug and it was adorable. It felt like the right call and it ended up being the right call. It was a very good call. In the moment. So it was a very good call. That was a really fun night. I really it was enjoyed a good that night. night. I enjoyed that too. What the hell were we talking about? So I put my <laughs> finger on it. Oh, the I, hugging moment. I wanted to make sure that that we got to this moment. So um Churchill goes and resigns. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they have that sweet moment between him and the queen. He leaves, he gets in his car, they start driving away, and then he's looking in the mirror. He sees Eden's car pull right, up right. right behind him. And then this was this was something really cool, I thought. Um, stops the car, Churchill stops, you know, has his driver stop the car, pops out, Eden gets out like he's going into the palace, mm-hmm. but Churchill walks over to him and he gives him a nice Paul Hollywood handshake. Right. And I thought that was really cool. It was. It was. It was a really great moment. It felt it felt like closure, mm-hmm. really, like for real, for Churchill's tenure. Yeah. And it's good to see uh, uh, someone being so magnanimous mm-hmm. like that. Oh, and then we get to the actual horse porn. Blue-ha. I said Philip and Liz go to make some ponies. Tomato, tomato. So. Here's the thing. Are the horses trained to do that? <laughs> the actor horses? <laughs> the actor horses? How does one acquire a horse that has been trained to mount another horse? Or was that real horse porn? It's hard to say. What was going on there? I mean, it might just be easier to have the horses mount each other, right? Uh, that's That makes me uncomfortable. I mean, they didn't show a ton of it. They chose their angles well. <laughs> Thank goodness. They hired a yeah. director from Cinemax, I guess. Right. But <laughs> so not qu- soft horse porn. Exactly. Soft core. Yes. I I don't know. It certainly didn't take very long. Well, no, that was that's the magic of TV. It's just like when Alton Brown cooks a turkey. <laughs> Is that what it's like? Sure. <laughs> I'm sure he's taken note of that. And then Philip and Liz fight about Porchy again. And then there's a state dinner. Such marriage drama. That that marriage drama felt very contrived. I had a problem with it in the in the episode. Yeah. This, I think it's because that's the, anyway. that's the only time we saw Philip in the whole episode. Yes. Was when he was there to fight about Porchy. He was very scowly the whole time he was on screen. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. He was either drunk or or bitchy about Porchy. Right. So I, I, I mean, get that. But it wasn't it wasn't his episode, right? It was Churchill's episode. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like this kind of goes back to way back to the beginning when Elizabeth first was crowned. Like he's not the focus of the story. And he's kind of peeved about that. He kind of wanted to be more of the focus of the story. Right. But it's really more about Liz than it's anyone else. Time. It's not his time. And especially in the 1940s and the 1950s. That's difficult for a man to deal with. The king of the castle. He is not. He he is no king. Yeah. He is not the king. He never will be. He will not. He'll be a prince. So but. that's interesting. It's it's kind of interesting to watch. Sometimes I I didn't think it was done terribly artfully in this episode, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. 
And they didn't have time for that. But I do. I love it when Elizabeth gets her queen face on. Yes. I really love that. I feel like she does a good job of that. And in the show, her mother very much supports that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And supports that very, very well. And then we're we're getting pretty close to the end. I'm way down at the very last line of my notes. Me too. Um, the last minute or two, they're they're intercutting, and this is this is really more the mechanics of the show, but this is actually part of it that I like. Uh-huh. They're intercutting, yeah. You know them fighting, but we can't hear the audio. They're intercutting that with the the state dinner. The state dinner. She give Elizabeth is giving her speech. She's giving her speech. I will remember you always for your magnanimity, your courage at all times. And for your unfailing humor, founded in your unrivaled mastery of the English language. That's the really absurd part for me, right? Like, is there's all this drama in the world, except we can all go and have dinner together, and everyone's perfectly pleasant and civilized. And our pretty blue, blue sashes. And and... Pretty, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, and also with the painting that goes mm-hmm. on the fire, which I was kind of. Obviously, I had forgotten this since the first time we saw this, Uh but I was kind of hoping that that painting would stick around somewhere. Right. But it did not. No, it did not. It probably wasn't burned until some months afterwards. Now, the portrait was supposed to hang in the building. Sure. It was supposed to belong to the state, but it was a gift. Right. And Churchill refused to allow it to hang in public so they took it to their country home where it did not go on display either right apparently what happened was churchill's wife asked her secretary to get rid of it and being such a large and heavy object the secretary asked her brother to help her And so they took it off to her brother's house, which was a few miles away and took it into the backyard and built a bonfire and burned it. And as it said at the end of the show, it's considered a lost masterpiece. But we did not find out until Churchill's wife's death in 1977. And they went in and couldn't find the portrait. Really? And had to assume that it was destroyed. And I guess the story came out after that. Fascinating. Which I thought was pretty neat. That is pretty neat. Again, it's fine for the show to dramatize it any way they want to. And it worked really well. It did work really well. I mean, those those last couple of minutes where they're they're cutting back and forth between all these these scenes and they're playing that amazing theme, the intro music. Oh my goodness, like, yeah. It just you I mean, you can't help but get sucked into the drama of mm-hmm. it all. But yeah, that's it, right? That's, that's the it. end. There was one thing. Remember, I said, write that down. I want to talk about that. It was what? so we actually started talking during the show and I was like, oh, yeah, save it did. for the podcast. For sure. Yeah. So w- this was during the sports ball section. Liz and Porchy mm-hmm. were talking about the, the horses. Right. And their manner together was very, very friendly. Right. And obviously they had grown up together. Mm-hmm. They knew each other from way back. But it occurred to me in that moment that it's so weird to think of the queen with friends, like with actual friends in the world, you know? Right. 
because she's the queen of England. And before that, she was princess. Right. So my take on it is, it's from a modern perspective. So the queen of England now doesn't go anywhere without security. Sure. I'm sure she didn't then either, but it was probably different in the forties and fifties. Well, remember they wouldn't let her walk down the street during the smog episode. That's true. So they were still very serious about it. Yeah. And did they have friends when they were kids even? How does that work? The show portrayed Margaret and Elizabeth being schooled individually. Yeah. And at, at home. They tutors. certainly weren't going to make friends with the boys that they went to that one class with. Right. Not with, but went to the boys school for that one class. I don't know. Now, she was friends with Porchy because their their families were close. Because I think, like, Porchy's dad was the horse breeder for Elizabeth's dad right. or something which is equally ridiculous. Sort of how, like, royal families intertwine, yeah. right? This family I does guess they this, have a lot so. of cousins to hang out with. Sure. Like, when we see the modern royal weddings, like, all the cousins are hanging out together. Right. The sisters and the cousins. So, yeah. I imagine they're they're tight and they're they're good friends as well as being cousins. So it's probably kind of difficult to have friends. Yeah. In that kind of position. Because what do they really want? Do they want you to come and want your husband to come speak at their nonprofit? Yeah, exactly. You know, they're. Thanks Obama. They're always going to ask for stuff. Yeah. It's awkward. It's yeah. gotta be awkward. So what'd you think of this episode? I love, I, I liked it. I, the horse stuff. Eh. Yeah. I, don't like horse porn as much as I've talked about it, honestly. I mean, it's it's really just the shock value for the title. Yeah. It's not like we're into horse porn. That's, That's not, not really a thing. That's not a thing for me. I loved the, the painting line, though. I loved that. It, I it, really enjoyed that. It took me a while to get there. I know. I didn't like the horses. I didn't so much like the the drama with Porchy and and Philip and mm-hmm. the royal marriage, and at first I didn't really care for the painting stuff either, and then it took me a while. And once mm-hmm. we actually got to the meat of it, with you know that that great conversation between Sutherland and Churchill, like mm-hmm. that was that was really cool. I think one of the reasons I liked the painting stuff so much was because I was researching it the whole time. As soon as I heard his name, I started googling and started poking around and I think that got me interested in it, especially after seeing some of Sutherland's other works and seeing Churchill's works and things like that. Yeah. So I like paintings a lot. I really do. So there've been better episodes, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did notice that it's, we're at episode nine. The season is 10 episodes long. Uh huh. So, this episode for me, it really built like it was slow, 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 slow. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow, the drama was really high at the end. Uh-huh. Um, so it kind of felt like it was sort of leading into the season finale. Right. Um, and that's, I mean, that'll be pretty cool to wrap up this first season. Mm-hmm. Um, the second season, I know we get a lot more. A lot of Margaret. Margaret. I'm, a lot of I'm looking forward Margaret to that. the party girl. Yeah. I think hopefully we get some more Jared Harris in flashback form. I know. 
we would have more of that in this first season. I thought we would too. I remember talking about that and looking forward to it. Yeah. And now I'm just like. (laughs) (laughs) And then I am curious. I did not watch the trailer today. Mm. I am curious about how the next season starts telling its stories to sort of either lead into the next generation that we're about to get in season three. Right. Or to just sort of wrap up the first generation. Uh-huh. I'm keeping my mouth shut. It's my, really difficult for me because I have seen the trailer. Okay. And I'm keeping my mouth shut because I really want to talk to you about it. Okay. On, on mine. On camera. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's do that next week. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll promise to watch the trailer for okay. next week. And then uh, we'll, we will discuss it prior to our season one finale. Oh, can we have a po- shut of champagne? Oh, yeah, we should. So we're going to have champagne next time we record. Roger so that. next time you listen, have some champagne. Two Thursdays from now, get yourself a little bottle of champagne and let's have a little drink together. And what we will toast to each other's well-being. Yeah. And to a good first season of The Crown and The Crown And The Crown Cast. So um, thanks to all of our listeners, of course. Thanks to Jenny Parrott thanks for Jenny Parrott. our music. It's totally PR time. <laughs> it always is for me. So until next time, God save the Queen. God save the Queen. Totally TR time. The podcast where the stars align. Reigning Queen is Emery. King Chris got that royal sound. When he's discussing the crown. Grab your scepter and around. It's TR time. It's TR time. It's TR. You don't sound sincere. <laughs> um. You're going to have to edit out that pause. Yeah, it's true. What I do. <laughs> I like horse porn. <laughs> Yucks. Uh, so. Don't you dare put that in there. Who's to say <laughs> what's going to make it into this episode or not? What was I saying was interesting? (laughs) I'm sincere.